Would you give those guys a hand? Appreciate them. And uh, I'm going to ask those guys, and I think also Kim is going to join them, if you would go ahead and come to the stage. Uh, pray for them as they come up here, uh, for uh, Mike and Chris and Cliff and David and Kim. And uh, so I've just asked them to uh, give just a quick, uh, really quick, just a quick, really quick, uh, this, this uh, I was thinking through this that it's uh, difficult to get up and speak in front of people. How many of you have a fear of public speaking? You may have a, pu- a fear of public speaking. They, uh, they tell me that's the number one fear is public speaking. And the truth is, um, I used to be very afraid of public speaking. When I was in college, uh, every speech or uh, sermon that I, I gave in front of the class, I just started crying uh, because I was so nervous. Uh, the professor thought I was just had a tender heart for God, and uh, <laughs> so I went with it. But uh, use what God gives you, I guess. But uh, luckily, uh, and so one one of the things I was thinking through is that it's hard to get up here and speak. Uh, it may be as hard to get up here and speak and keep it really short. So pray for them. Uh, and so this is kind of just our vision as we were we were thinking through. Um, what we were going to be doing uh, in our missions emphasis uh, was talking about last week you had an opportunity to meet uh, some church planters who God has called away from their city to another city um, and asked them to plant a church. Um, and then next week you're going to have an opportunity to hear from three foreign missionaries. Um, but, but today as we were kind of thinking through this, it would be awesome to just kind of our vision this morning, if you were in Sunday school and now in church, is to hear from um, I used the, the word normal loosely from normal people uh, in our church that maybe didn't have um, really a thought of that God was going to do what he's doing through them 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and through opportunities at the church or just the, the focus of missions here, God has burdened their heart, opened opportunities. Um, and, and so I want you to realize that maybe that's you. Maybe 10 years from now, you're the one that's on the stage and you're telling your story about um, you went on a missions trip, somebody handed you a camera, and it completely changed your life. Um, and, and so that's kind of what we want you to think through this morning as we talk about risk. Is maybe there's someone sitting here this morning, and your risk is going to be to go on a trip. Maybe the risk is to just begin giving to faith promised missions. Um, and so pray through that, but uh, encourage them through prayer as they come up. Uh, did you guys arm wrestle who wants to go first, or we'll just go in order as you're standing, all right? So... David and Kim, come on up. Would you guys give them a hand? So I guess first of all, I just want to thank all of you guys for supporting our ministry. Um, with, with us, we first went on our missions trip in 2009. We had a team of 15 people, and it just changed our lives. And so first of all, I want to encourage you guys. You can do... Just one small thing, if you step out there and you say, God, I am available and I want to do something, he can use it. And with us on our first trip, like he said, Chris handed me the camera and said, you'll be our team photographer. And then all of a sudden, I come home and David bought me a camera for my birthday and a bride called me and asked me to shoot her wedding. So that was kind of the beginning of that. But I really realized that social media and sharing your life, people want to be involved. And so people want to be involved in your life. So if you do something for God and step out there and start sharing it, 
a lot of people will rally around you, and our church is so good about doing that. And so, anyways, our first trip, we went to Kenya, and then our second trip, we brought Pastor Haley to Kenya, and he said, we don't have the money in our missions budget to help the school, but maybe you can make a card and put a picture of a kid's face and say, sponsor child. And so I did that, and then all of a sudden we had about $1,500 coming in from just you guys a month to support MBWOW. So, I mean, it has grown and grown so much. We now have 500 students, and it's still growing. We're projected to reach about 1,000 students. So anyways, I just want to thank you guys for your involvement and encourage you to just get involved. As Kim said, thank you so much for your support. We really wouldn't be here without each of you. Many of you supported us on missions trips, but you also helped us build our business that has actually got us here through photography. And so I know that many of your families, we shot very early on, and I know that the pictures may have not been very good at that time, but they're much better now. And so really, we wouldn't be where we are at if we hadn't got involved in Hallmark. And so thank you so much for that. As John said, we want to challenge each of you to get involved in missions, whether it's through giving or going or praying. And I got to thinking about it the other day, and I'll just talk about money. I'm not too scared about that. I've learned that you also become a moochinary, not a missionary, because you're always <laughs> asking for money. So I know that may not sound good, but it's true. If just 50 people out of the 528 to 600 people that we have, if... 10% more would just give another $10 a month. We could take on five or six new missionaries with that money. So get involved. We waste more money than that every month. Whether you get involved by sponsoring a child, we have, we, like Kim said, we have 500 kids in Kenya that need, you know, we need about 300 sponsors. That's $35 a month. Get involved in what God is doing around the world. Whether you're going or giving and sending for somebody, please just get involved. As I look here, I see a lot of holes in our church as far as seats that are empty. Get involved. Ask people to come. Get involved in what God is doing around the world. Live on mission. Thanks. So this, this is going to be my commercial break for... Missions. Uh, can I get that? Uh, God woke me this morning up on the screen. I saw this on uh, on uh, Facebook the other day. The words "God woke you up this morning." That means you still have work to do. Amen. It means you have a purpose, and your assignment is not yet complete. Amen. Now, some days when He wakes me up, I don't feel like getting up, but I do. <laughs> but I, after I looked at it, I put that on, and then I thought, well. Let me put the people we work with around it. And so I've got the officers of the Braille World Ministry, two of them are here. I've got all the pastors that we work with, the student we have, and three or four pictures of the kids, the building that <coughs> Hallmark helped build for the, the church in Terrible Lodge, and a man or a woman get baptized in the ocean. Now, after I did this, I hit me that there's 33 teachers that are not up there. And then it hit me, there's, there's eight, nine hundred people that aren't up there that's part of the ministry. And I'm not bragging, it's just what I'm saying is, these ministries are bigger than what you ever think. 
and the Donovans are here, and, and I know they know what I'm talking about. You, you have this group, and you have this group, and you have this group. Before you know it, you have a big group. But this is only possible with churches like yours and individuals that support our ministry. So if you haven't taken one of these and filled it out yet, please do. It'll make so many changes, so many people. And when you find out that you've done that, when you're standing before Jesus Christ in heaven, he'll let you know how many people got saved because of that move you made. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to uh, Hallmark again for your support. Uh, and I also want to give a thanks to Pam and Bruce for having the vision to start Manna Worldwide. Uh, there's so many lives. So many lives have been changed through their ministry, and I, it's just an honor and privilege to be able to work with them and work for them. Uh, I'm going to share a quick testimony. Uh, I went to the Ukraine uh, about 14 to 17 times building a smile house. I took my wife for the opening of that, uh, the grand opening a couple of years ago. And there was a girl there that was making a whole lot of noise. We couldn't get to any sleep that night. She was having a good time. And, uh, and you know, she'd just been in the uh, orphanage for about 30 days. And Cindy goes, how can you go to sleep with this girl making so much noise out there in the common area, having a good time? I said, that's music to my ears because... She's been abused all her life, and her, her, her parents were uh, horrible. Her dad passed away, and, uh, I mean, it, it, the worst thing you can imagine happened to this girl. The next morning at breakfast, she came to us, and she said, I did this thing last night. I accepted Christ as my Savior. Amen. Amen. And all four of us just started bawling. And I said, I turned to my wife, and I said, all that time, it was worth it if just one. And that's the way we need to look at it. Just one accepts the Lord. It's all worth it. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Chris. I had the privilege of working on that smile house after a guy that kept nagging me to go. And praise the Lord, it's finished. And we've got lots of young people who are learning about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and accepting him. So. That's a great testimony. I uh, got involved in missions in 1967 when uh, Brother Hughes came back from the Philippines and he said, I'll preach a faith's promise giving if you will, you know, participate in it, to, talking to Brother Edmondson. And so we've been involved in it ever since. And the Lord is blessed. Uh, I say that you can't give to faith's promise giving until you have first met the commitment of providing the tithes of your wedges that you earned that week. You, until you do your tithing, you can't give an offering. You're just giving money otherwise. So, uh, like I say, we've been blessed to have participated over all these years. And if you add up the numbers, you'll find it's around 50 years that we've been involved in it. I had an opportunity to go to Kenya and came back with a broken heart for those kids. And we started taking from the previous trip that David spoke about, picked up a couple of kiddos to sponsor, 
And uh, one evening after uh, our candlelight service at Christmas Eve, we went out on the table and there was one little girl still there. And uh, my wife said, she looked so lonely there. I said, well, let's take her home. So we took her home and that ended up being five. Well, we sponsored five for years while I was having a lucrative uh, part-time job after I'd retired from my previous work. And uh, on my second trip from Kenya, I come back and the guy that I teamed with said, I don't need you anymore. And my first thought was, how am I going to take care of my kids in Kenya? Now we're talking about, at that time it was $25 a month. We since increased it to 30, so we're talking about $150. I'd like to say that God hasn't missed a payment monthly yet. So Amen. that's over five, almost six years ago, and we've been blessed. Volunteering is a thing that I've been involved in over the years, and I guess you might say I started volunteering when I joined the United States Air Force back in 1954. <laughs> that didn't have that in mind, but that's what, uh, as I look back, that's where I started my volunteering. When I retired, I started reading in a, a second grade class, and I volunteered here at mowing lawns, volunteered for a couple of el elderly people taking care of them mowing their lawns. And uh, recently I've been involved in a, a activity called Hanging Out at the Methodist Church over in Everman where we provide peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to about 200 to 250 kids every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. And they can make all the sandwiches they want. There's no limit. And sometimes they're taking them home to feed their siblings or feed themselves. God bless. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you, guys. Which, as they, uh, as they take their seat, would you, would you just give them one more hand? I appreciate them and their faithfulness. You know, uh, I have one more quick video I want to show you and, and just kind of a way of introduction to that. Um, I think, um, as I was saying in here, I, th I think there was, uh, right around this Sunday, right around this week, eight years ago, we came back from my first trip, uh, really for Hallmark, our first trip to Kenya. Um, and uh, eight years ago, um, a lot of you got touched by the pictures and, and uh, the testimony, and we got partnered with, with uh, Mbe Wow. And so we just kind of want to give you a real quick uh, report over what God has done there in Kenya over the last eight years. So uh, watch this video. So as a church, Hallmark uh, partnered with Chris and Lisa Moore in 2008. Shortly after that, we began to put a team together because we wanted to go see uh, what they were doing and see the ministry there. And so in 2009, uh, we went over. Uh, we kind of saw the humble beginnings of Mbe Wow. Uh, and just enjoyed what God was doing there. And really, uh, through Chris, I just saw a vision of what he uh, felt like God could do if we partnered with them. So as we were there, we saw a, a great need for school. Uh, of course, we were in the small village of Imsipani. Um, in that first class, they had 15 students. Uh, they were meeting in a mud room, just a little mud hut. Uh, all that they could kind of scrounge together to get a building together for these students. So Hallmark sent the first $20,000 and uh, really this would be uh, the beginning to start uh, what will be known as Mbe Wow Academy. 
And while on the field, uh, two of our deacons that were there with us, uh, they contacted Pastor uh, Mike Haley, and uh, they were asking for additional funds because they saw uh, the need was great uh, and the opportunity uh, was great as well. Uh, many of the Hallmark members have been uh, to Mbewao. Uh, they've been to the church, they've been to the academy, uh, they've seen how beautiful this campus is, um, really as what we've termed as is a, a little heaven on earth. Many people have come to know Christ since 2009. Uh, currently, the church has three services on Sunday. First, they have a prayer service. Uh, then they also have an English service. Uh, the third service is a service in Swahili. Uh, there's about 200 people that come to those services uh, most every Sunday. In Kenya, children start at the age of three. They start in kindergarten. Uh, they can attend in Bewao until they finish the eighth grade. The staff have the children for 11 years to influence them and to love them with the love of Christ. The first graduating class of Mbewao Academy will start in January of 2018. And we want to invite you to start planning now to go with us in January of 2019 as we want to be there to see the first graduating class of Mbewao. Mbewao Academy has grown from 15 students to now over 300. They receive two meals a day. They receive a Christian education, school uniforms, shoes, medical care, and all this for $35 a month. You can support a student through Real for Christ Ministries. You'll change their future and change the future of Kenya. Through your missions giving, Mbewao Academy has now been completed. There are 11 classrooms, a computer and science lab, and a beautiful church with the feeding center, and all of this is to the glory and credit of God. We want to thank you for your faithful giving to missions. You, you are making a huge difference in the lives of students at Mbewao Academy. Awesome. So now I got to speak quickly. All right, so turn with me to Jonah chapter number four. Jonah 4. We have been uh, going and walking through <laughs> slowly through the book of Jonah. And uh, with this theme of risk, these uh, men and women have today kind of given you an opportunity to see uh, what maybe risk looks like for you. Um, as we uh, just challenge, we want, we want to continue to and always to challenge you uh, to risk for God. Take that next step of faith. What is God wanting from you? We've, we've, as we've walked through this study, we've learned uh, that God's heart is a heart of missions. God is so missional that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to restore the broken relationship that you had with him, the creator. That's the mission God had. And so if, as we sang this morning about the blood of Jesus Christ, as, as Matt read those scriptures about the fact that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, isn't that the most important message that you could ever hear? Isn't that the most important message that you could ever give? It's amazing, um, even just in our response to that this morning. The, the response of the gift that we've been given. Isn't that amazing? But it's interesting, even 
just in that, and this wasn't really planned, but just in, in your response, did, did you notice that the response to what we've been given was much greater than the response that we have a responsibility to share it? Did you catch that? Because I did. And, and what a great picture of the heart of Jonah. And it's kind of been the, the worry or maybe the fear, this underlying tension of Jonah and maybe what um, is, is kind of a scary thought is that we, we've learned that God is missional and that God is sovereign and that God is merciful and that God is just and that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. And, and we learned as we've walked through the book of Jonah that Jonah understood that. Jonah had met God. Jonah knew in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6 that God described himself. And how did God describe himself? That he was long-suffering and merciful and gracious. And that he would offer forgiveness. That's God's description of himself in Exodus chapter 34, verse number 6. And Jonah had experienced that. Jonah had learned that. Jonah knew the grace and the mercy of God. He knew the heart of God. And yet as we've walked through this, we, we understand and we realize that even though he knew the heart of God, he did not embrace the heart of God, did he? And never is it more evident than the first three verses of Jonah chapter 4. Remember how... Uh, chapter 3 ends. Look at it for a second, all right? So Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. It says, Then God saw their works that they turned. So God saw the repentance of the nation or of the city of Nineveh. He saw the repentance. He heard the repentance. And they turned from their evil way. And what did God do in response? So God had sent Jonah with the message, Repent, turn from your sins, turn to God your Creator. And if you repent and if you turn to God, he will offer forgiveness. He will forgive you. That was the message and that was their response. They did exactly what Jonah had told them to do. They responded to God in faith. And what did, what did God do through their repentance? God relented from his disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. The city is saved. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, restoration, hope, peace. That was all brought to them by God through faith. But what's Jonah's response to this? I mean, we know, right? Jonah ran from the call of God and the presence of God, and he didn't want to be on mission with God. God, I know you love them. And, and so he finally reluctantly obeys. He preaches the message only, I think, because he, 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 wanted, he didn't want to die. And he preaches the message of repentance. The city repents. God relents from his anger. He gives grace. And shouldn't, they, shouldn't Jonah be excited? His response. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Have you ever been mad at God? Raise your hand. You ever been mad at God? Okay, I think all of us have. I'm not sure if I've ever been mad at God because someone got saved, though. Have you? This is a prophet of God, 
And he's angry at God because God offered forgiveness to those people. So he prayed to the Lord and said, verse 2, Oh, Lord, what, was it not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. So we, we looked at this earlier in our series, but if anyone asks you, why did Jonah run the opposite direction? Jonah answers the question for us in verse 2, doesn't he? And here's the answer. He's like, isn't that what I said God was going to happen? That's why I fled. And, and he goes on and says, For I know that you are gracious and merciful God. You're slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Guess, what, guess where Jonah understands this from? He's quoting, really, Exodus 34, verse 6. When God tells the people his character. And Jonah said, God, I knew you were gracious. I knew you were long-suffering. I knew you were merciful. And those people don't deserve it. That's why I didn't want to go. Does that blow your mind? But be careful. Be careful we don't point our finger too much at Jonah. Because the reality is, many times in my life, I have the heart of Jonah. Have you ever judged somebody before you've known them? You ever met someone and said, oh, they, they don't really want to know about God? Anyone ever done that? This next verse, man, it just magnifies and, and just we get to have this unbelievable picture of the heart of Jonah. It's not good. Look at verse 3. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What, what is he saying? God, I'd, I'd rather die than these people know that you're merciful and just and holy and righteous and you give forgiveness. And this is the prophet of God. He knows God is merciful because he's experienced God's mercy. And here he wants to die rather than do what God wants him to do. The, the statement on your bulletin. Grab your bulletin real quick. And the, the title of the message. Not normally do you get the title of the message at the end of the message, but that's what we're doing, all right? When life with God is impossible. Jonah is so frustrated with God that he wants to die. Jonah is so frustrated with how God has treated the Ninevites that he can't stand to watch it any longer. God is so, Jonah is so frustrated with God that he would as soon die than to see these people experience the mercy of God. Let's get down to the bottom of your bulletin. Four things it says here. 
Life with God becomes impossible when you don't love the people God loves. Are we to love all people? Yes. Ask yourself the question. Don't answer this out loud. Do you love all people really? Do you really? Do I? Life with God becomes impossible when we don't want what God wants. God wants us to be on mission, doesn't he? God wants us to take risks for him. God wants us to step out of our comfort zone. God wants us to sacrifice. This is a painful message, isn't it? Number three, life with God becomes impossible when we're not willing to give what God gives. For God so loved the world, he gave. Gave everything. The underlying problem, look at the next statement. Life with God becomes impossible when we think life is all about us. Doesn't Jonah just seem like this second grade pouting little kid? Fine. If we can't play like I want to play, I'm not playing. I'm done. Just hit me this morning. Look up at your bullets in there. Under the review, third line down, Jonah was self-righteous. Hmm. Question number one, or life becomes impossible when you don't love the people love God loves. Self-righteous, isn't it? The next one, they're stubborn. Life becomes impossible with God when we don't want what God wants. Stubborn. The next one, what is it? Selfish. And really the next two statements, selfish. Before we get blown away by the heart of Jonah, may we do what David did. David prayed and he said, Lord, search my heart. See if there's any wickedness in me. Is there some self-righteous in me? Is there some stubbornness in me? Is there some selfishness in me? You know what, if I'm honest, every one of those questions on any given day, you know what my answer is? Yes, yes, yes. You know what I want in my life? That more of the days it's no, no, no. How, how about you? Would you close your eyes for a moment? It's not all about us, is it? I want to ask real quickly this morning, maybe through the songs that we sang, the scripture we read, the statements that were made, 
maybe this morning God's revealed to you through the power of His Spirit, through His spoken word, that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You're not covered in the blood of Jesus. Maybe you've come to church your entire life, but you've never made that decision. I want to ask this morning if there's anyone in this room today that would be open and honest enough to say today, that's me. I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, I, I want to pray for you. And this morning, I want you to make that decision. And I think the first step in that process is, is to admit it. If that's you this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask you as our eyes are closed, would you raise your hand right now? I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. God has revealed that to me today. Just put your hand up this morning. Anybody like that this morning? Just put your hand up. I'm, I'm looking around. Just put your hand up. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anyone this morning? How many of you would say this morning, John, if I'm going to be really honest, probably more days in my life are yes to those questions than no. Would you put your hand this, would you put your hand up this morning? Just put your hand up. Put it up. Just keep it up. Put your hand up. You can put your hands down. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to have a, a, a song of worship. I'm going to challenge you this morning. If, if your hand went up, come forward this morning and pray. Come seek God. Maybe, maybe walk across the room and find someone to pray with. Maybe grab someone on your way down and ask them to pray with you. And, and maybe together you could encourage and challenge and, and hold each other accountable. This, this is what I want. I want to be able to say no, no, no. I want, I want to risk. I want to surrender. I want to give. I want to sacrifice. I want to be on mission. What, what would this church look like if more of us every day we woke up, we said, God, I'm on mission today for you. The inconveniences, maybe those are opportunities. How could God be glorified in this church if we embraced his heart? God, this morning we're challenged by the truth of our own heart, the wickedness of our own hearts. God, we're challenged by looking in the life of Jonah and realizing, Lord, I, I'm just like him. God, help us as individuals, help us as couples, as families, as a church family to embrace your heart, to be on mission every day, to take a risk. Would you stand with me this morning as we, as we worship? If God's spoken to you, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you. Come forward this morning. Seek God.